Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 83. Uh, Today is an exciting day because we're going to kind of dive a little bit further into some of the topics of our conversation or our podcast last week with John Bunn. And uh, I'm really excited because I think he uncovered for us some priorities or some principles that we kind of glossed over a little bit because we're already on a, on a vein of a topic about being more lean than, than we were being about being big. But I think what John really kind of hinted on was some other uh, principles that we can really dive into today and, and maybe a little bit further as we start to uh, dive into some more podcasts because there's so much meat there uh, in terms of what he was saying. I, I think if you listen back to it and read between the lines, there's actually uh, more things that we can develop from there. And so my guest today is Kellen Cowan. He's the co-owner of New Wave Solutions and founder of uh, SOML Inc., Band of Brothers Tulsa. With more than a decade of experience in the uh, technology industry, Kellen manages a growing team of technical professionals who stay on the forefront of technology. He is also committed his energy to the development of men in our community through the local nonprofit SOML Inc. He's also committed his energy to the development of men in our community through the through the local not-for-profit band of brothers Tulsa. Kellen is rarely off duty. He is dedicated he is a dedicated husband and uh, to a beautiful wife of almost 6 years, a loving father to his 6-month-old baby girl and 2-year-old, sorry, and 4-year-old boy, uh, who is every bit as stubborn and mischievous as Kellen is/was. Uh, together with his wife, they attend Life Church in Katusa and serve as community leaders and marriage coaches. Uh, he finds a real passion in leading others and staying accountable for what matters most. Kellen, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited for you to be here. Take a moment and kind of fill in some of the gaps of that intro and say hello to the audience. Uh, hi, everybody. Yeah, thank you, Evan. Man, it's it's, a, it's humbling to be here. I really appreciate the time. And yeah, I've, I've just been... Uh, you know, I'm a business owner. We've dug in for about four years now as New Way. We had to start completely over four years ago. Uh, that's an interesting story. Uh, <laughs> where we came up with the topic for today, right? Yeah. You really have to dig in when you start over. I'm really invested in, in development and accountability, right? Because when we don't have people in our lives holding us accountability to, accountable to like new habits or the things that we, we say are most important, we're going to go right back to where we were. And as we develop, that's no good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how you're talking about finding out what's most important, having that accountability, finding those new habits, um, because really for you, like finding out what your true values are, like what are the things that I stand on that make me me? What are the unnegotiable things for me? Um, I think those are things that we need to define ourselves and figure out what those priorities are for for ourselves and then kind of step back and say, what are we doing to really prove that those are our values or are those really our actual values? 
No, absolutely. And Evan, if you don't mind, I'll kind of walk you through that story. Um, so it was three years, about three years ago today um, that I really got hit hard. It was nine o'clock at night. Like I said, New Wave had just started up. We, mm-hmm. we left a partnership and really had to start over. And man, once you, you've been somewhere and you have to go back to those very first steps, it's frustrating. Well, I, I looked up about eight months into that first year. Uh, we've crushed every goal uh, that we set forth. We had two additional employees uh, versus the goals that we set for the number of, of staff we wanted. Uh, we were recognized by the the Broken Arrow Chamber as small business of the year. I mean, we were crushing things. Mm. I up at nine o'clock at night. And uh, for somebody that doesn't, I've never had a panic attack. I felt like I had a hundred pound weight on my chest and I've got big time ADD, Evan. So every once in a while, I look up and I've got 50 things going through my mind. What was going through my mind wasn't the accomplishments. It was the fact that I hadn't spent an hour with my wife where I was actually present in over two months. And we're going on a date Had a beautiful eight month old baby boy. It was my first kid. Right. So that adds a lot to your plate. And I was, I was trying to understand those things. I'd really never been present while he was there. My relationship with God consisted of going to church on Sunday and patting myself on the back. Mm-hmm. Right. And I had this app, this U version app, you can listen to the audio version. Like I actually put it on the message version, the the type, because it's it's faster and easier to read and sped that thing up to two times the speed just to go from the house to work and say, I got through my reading plan for the day. That was my relationship with Christ. And that, that was all out of whack. So if you as a professional uh, man or just somebody I hang out with said, man, Kel, what's most important to you? The real battle I was in is I could have told you, God, my wife, my kid, church, it would have looked good and it would have sounded good, right? If you were to hold me accountable to that. But when you really looked at where my time was spent, right? It was 90 hours in work, neglecting my wife, an artificial relationship with God. So nothing that I told you was first was really coming first. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I love how you uh, really kind of laid the groundwork for this because I feel like for me and potentially the audience, we know the right answer. Like we, we have the, we hear the motivational people, we read the books, we listen to the podcasts and, and it's, it's, it's exactly the order that you said, God, wife, kids, church, work is somewhere in there. And so that's what we're programmed to say. But I think the difference is, is really taking that inventory of what it actually looks like. It's one thing to know the right thing to say, to know the answer, but I think the action part is the most important part. You're absolutely right. Well, and so interesting discovery. This is not the way to do it. I started writing <laughs> up everything I was responsible for. And within two minutes, it looked like a page out of Where's Waldo, right? It, there's so many things that I was responsible for. So I kind of had to draw that back and say, you know, okay, one, what shouldn't I be doing? Right. So what do I need to say no to? And then I, I was left with a lot of really good things. But between the good things were great things. And so I really had to, to step back and go, okay, these are all things. What values are most important? And God was still number one. Interestingly enough, nowhere on my list of things was me. Right. And, and what I experienced during that first year was burnout. Like I wanted to just quit. I'd run mm-hmm. so hard and heavy at the exact same things and neglected myself, sleep, and any kind of exercise, my family right? Really being present with my family that I ran out of gas, never mm-hmm. done. And so I didn't have anything to go on. Um, you and I talked about this, like being on the airplane and they say, Hey, parents, please, before you try to take care of your kids, put the gas mask on yourself so that you can yeah. 
you're laying on the floor passed out. You're no good to anybody. <laughs> I was, right? It's really where I was. And so I aligned my values and it was God, myself, man, my kids didn't work. I had ministry that I'm involved in. Well, in order to support my family, that, that came first. So I started really lining out those values. What worked for me was looking a full quarter or a month ahead of time and going, man, if, if this is what I say is important, where's it at on my schedule? I had mm-hmm. to schedule my life and quit scheduling work because work was scheduled down to like the half hour, right? But nowhere in my schedule was my life. And so I, I protected date nights with my wife, which meant getting babysitters two weeks ahead of time. The time with God, I had a kid for the first time. The workouts at like five o'clock in the afternoon went away at that point. Mm-hmm. I got up at five in the morning, which I hated doing. Um, really cool. I had a revelation. I don't have a problem getting up. I had a problem with the time I was going to sleep. But if I just wrote stuff down and the responsibilities I had, I never would have peeled back that I didn't even figured any of this out. Right? <laughs> so a new routine. So if I'm up at five in the clock in the morning, I had to drive to the gym completely in science. Look at God, what God created. Time in the word. Um, a lot of times when I drive back from the gym, I called somebody that I knew I should follow up with that really just needed me to listen to them. It's some really cool time. World, the world starts with kids at like 630 or 7. I'm mm-hmm. out of the gym by 630. Right. So when I leave and the phone goes off and my kids need me and I need to make breakfast for my wife and family. And I, I took care of myself. And so that was a big deal for me. Yeah, I love how you talked about all the different things. And and you really kind of hit on the, the the one thing that wasn't a priority on your original list was yourself. Can we, I, I want to dig into that a little deeper because I think there's this, there's this balance that you try to play, uh, especially as a father and as a husband. And like, so for example, when you get married, I feel like, at some capacity, our selfishness get it dies at the wedding, right? It's and it's it's not about me anymore. It's about how can I serve others because I'm essentially putting myself in this position where saying I am going to be responsible for everything. Uh, and I think the challenge that you run into is what's that balance of me time because there does need to be that. I do. I definitely agree with that. But then also the balance of everything else. So it sounds like for you, the, the me time for you was getting that time in the gym or, uh, or doing whatever else. But what does that, what does that really look like? What, what does a healthy me time look like? Well, and the crazy thing, right, is you really do grow up, go into marriage as one, right? right? It's you and your spouse. It included having those conversations first and foremost is really sharing my heart, my goals with my wife. We weren't living two separate lives anymore. We're living one. And that's something we weren't doing. So I started there and really shared with her that, man, I had some development goals. Um, we're growing a staff. I need to develop my leadership. I need mm-hmm. some time. I need at least an hour a week with a mentor as well. Right. We laid those ground rules and, and we're actually ground goals. And she supported me, which is the greatest thing. We're the greatest wife in the world. But now that she knows them, she can get behind me on it. Um, another part was I need to make it to the gym. Man, I not only do you need to remain physically uh, healthy and, and heart strong, and like I said, I'm ADD. There's stuff flying around. It really is a, a way for me to de-stress. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important for me to be there. My wife sometimes will tell me to go to the gym just because I'm being a pain. Uh, <laughs> but for me, man, that was first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, the other one was sleep. Uh, really, I'd love it if we were created to only sleep two hours a night and we could get a lot done. But we need seven to eight hours. And so mm-hmm. walking off and having a night routine – I did a little bit of study. I'm in the technology industry, right? Blue light, smartphones, tablets, TVs. They'll keep your brain functioning for an hour and a half. I created a routine around, you know, my nightly 
uh, sleep time to be away from those devices for an hour and a half. It was really, really powerful. Um, so I just protected those things. But the most important thing to all that is I shared it with my wife. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you kind of bring that part in there because I think a lot of times as uh, leaders of the home and, and leaders in business, it's almost, we, we feel like we're doing it alone. And uh, that that marriage, that relationship is important. And, and uh, you, you put it perfectly, two have become one at that point. Uh, and so it needs to be that partnership. It needs to be that conversation. And then she can support you. But then you also need to support her. So, so part of that time that you're talking about, those priorities are making time for having dates with her and investing in her as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so this was cool. My wife works with me. I'd never suggest that for anybody. <laughs> uh, but she's amazing, right? Yeah. We do balance each other. I, most marriages will find this out, right? You're not, you're not built the same as a man, as a woman. And uh, usually when you get married, you're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And so she really compliments me in a lot of ways. And you can look at it as, hey, we're opposite and this is hard. Or you can look at it as, man, we're better together. Uh, right. So it, it absolutely was me understanding, too, what her goals are. Uh, and once I do that, I want to support her in those. And we found ourselves on date nights talking about goals and tasks around the house and the kids. Right. So we actually uh, developed an every other week lunchtime where we go out and we talk about all those things. And we can really protect the date night. I can mm-hmm. support my wife again. We can date. I can flirt with her. Uh, and that was really, really important. All that wrapped around that reflection time at the beginning of the month, right? And, and as a, a fixer, right, I, it's easy for me to look and say, this isn't going like I planned. Yeah. I don't suggest having that conversation in front of your wife either. Yeah. <laughs> but really through that reflection time, I was like, hey, our, our date nights are getting eat up with chores around the kids. If we're doing this kid thing for the first time now, we, we bless, we have two, um, but we need to protect that. And because mm-hmm. I, I was looking at a life plan at the beginning of every month, I was able to identify that again, talk with her and we made plans accordingly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I can't, I've been, this whole time you've been talking, I've been thinking about this analogy that I've heard and I'm trying to figure out who the, who the, who coined it. So, uh, this is not me. I know that somebody else out there has it. I want to say it's like a Stephen Covey thing, but it has to do with the big rocks, uh, analogy. Have you heard that before? Yeah, and I've seen the video on Facebook too. I think it's going around, right? Yeah. In the sand. Yeah. So essentially, like your values, your your key values are these giant are these big rocks, and the big rocks are the most important. But your your time is this cylinder. It's it's it can only hold so much, and so you really have to figure out like essentially the best way to get everything into the amount of time that you have. And so the whole point of it is essentially you start with these big rocks. And then you you look around and say, okay, is, is my time full? Well, no, my time's actually not full because there's all these big gaps between all the big rocks. And so then maybe you get some smaller rocks and you pour those in and those start to fill in the different gaps. And then you say to yourself, well, is this cylinder completely full? And the, and the answer is no, because now you get some actual pebbles. And you, so you pour those pebbles in there and those even start to fill in uh, the, the gaps of the rocks. And then finally your, your question is, well, you know, is this, is it full now? It's got to be full now. And the, the answer is no, you pour sand in there, right? And then sand fills all the gaps. And then of course, yeah, that it has to be full now. And then what you ultimately find out is, well, you pour water in there next. And then that water essentially fills the cylinder completely. And so that's kind of analogy of those values that we have. We got to get those big rocks in first. And I think the, the big takeaway from that is it's harder to get the big rocks in after you've put everything else in there. So it has, you have to have that priority. So you have to have that, that, that monthly planning that you're talking about, that special time that you set aside with your wife or with yourself to really outline what are the key things and then how do we work everything else 
around it. And if you don't do that time, there's no way you're going to get those big rock, those big rocks in there. And then you essentially become kind of how you, you started out this conversation where you realized that you had these values, but you weren't necessarily achieving them because everything else was filling in all those gaps. Yeah. And, and as a, that's a great way to put it, Evan. And as a man it was hard and we all know this, you fucking know you. Yeah. Not what it is like when you neglect the things that you know, in your, your being in your core are most important. You, you feel like a failure. We've, we've got to protect that as well. Right. Cause we're not here to internalize that. We're not here to be beat up by the world, to be sidetracked by the devil. We're here for the great commission. Right? Yeah. If we're accomplishing the things we know God put us here for, and we're making those a priority, he'll honor those. And we, we have the time to reach out to others and, and really listen to them and, and be there for them. Yeah, one one of the things that I was kind of thinking about as I knew this conversation was coming up, and 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 I know that this was something that is near and dear to your heart. It was really kind of backing into why we are so driven uh, in the work that we do, or why we why we, why our priorities kind of get out of line. We 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 know the answer, right? But for whatever reason, we fill it with everything else. And I think uh, my conclusion, based on the the time that I allocated to it, was that I I think we put such a high self worth on what we do. Uh, we That's how we define ourselves. And so it's easy for us to click into, well, I'm a entrepreneur starting a new company and the success or failure of that co uh, company essentially defines who I am. And so I'm going to work 90 hours a week to get this thing off the ground because everything else matters, but without this, it doesn't matter at all. And so we just start focusing all of our attention, all of our energy into this one thing. And essentially what happens is we achieve some level of success with it, hopefully, right? Well, because we're, we're, we're willing to work harder than anybody else. We're willing to try harder than anybody else. We're going to go above and beyond, do more than we, than we actually need to. But then what happens is we turn around and realize that all the other things that we were, that we had that were important to us that we essentially put on hold so we could do this thing to support those things are now no longer there. They've, they've fizzled out or, in your case, there was burnout. You you got all the way to the point of achieving this launch of this new business, and you were absolutely uh, exhausted. You had no more fuel to burn. And at that point, it's like, what's the point? What what? Why did I do all this if the the other side of this looks like this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you miss out on life, right? And that that was back to the beginning of the life plan. Is is I had a plan for work, and and unfortunately, since we are achievers. Right. I set all my goals and my timeframes around my achievements. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't set them around, uh, you know, the biblical truths and what's really most important. And, and that's where we all get side by tracked. I mean, unfortunately uh, for a lot of us, you can make a list on a piece of paper and somebody tell me that if I knock these out, I'm awesome. And just checking those boxes, give me a little shot of, of confidence, right? A little bit of dopamine there. Yeah. That's just how we're built. And that can be a scary thing. Uh, you know, and, and God talks about being steel in him and, and really, you know, taking that time. I found that's what I wasn't doing. Right. And then I made more time to do that and reflect on everything. It's just to be still and quit, quit trying to achieve for a second. Because um, the other thing that, that you clearly identified is, uh, and I think you said it in your last podcast, right? This guy wanted to, you know, lean out. He was taking on a better fit of clients, wasn't having to do as much, was actually more profitable. I mm -hmm. guarantee you those clients act better, treat him better. They're more professional as well. You don't see that when you're achieving. You don't get that kind of reflection uh, when you're just going 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. 
I love how you talk about being still, especially from an ADD type of standpoint, because that's probably the hardest thing to do is to just sit there and not try to make something happen. And I think for me, I'm a solver. I'm 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 a leader. And so I'm always feeling like the the weight of the world is on my shoulders to act or to do something so that when I do that, like, like if I didn't do it, nobody else will. And I think part of knowing who you are in Christ and knowing what your role is in this world, knowing your purpose in, in this world is to realize that it's not about you and, and those things are going to happen whether or not you're involved with it. There's only so much you can do to a point. And then you got to kind of release it and let it actually be for the, for the farmer uh, to use that analogy. All the farmer can do is plant the seed. They can prepare the field. They can plant the seed. They can water it, but they can't actually make the plant grow. And I think that's where sometimes we get in business and in life, we get to this point where we think that uh, I have to actually literally will this plant to live. I need to will this business to live. And if I don't do that, then I'm a failure. And I think that it's really important to sometimes, like you said, step back, be still, and allow the work to happen. Allow God uh, to be God in this instance and realize that it's not all about you um, and to realize that you're trying to accomplish something maybe in spite of God as opposed to letting him be God uh, and and you basically pointing back and saying, uh, not not by what I've done, but because of him. And when you get to that point in business and you get in that point of life, it takes a lot of that pressure off your, your shoulders, but you have to learn how to be still and really understand who God is and what he's created you to be to get to that point. But I would venture to say uh, once you're at that point, it actually reduces that stress. It reduces that uh, burnout because you're, you're really more tuned into what you've been created to be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. When in, Good way to say it's you're giving up the good things for the great things. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, and that that was where I protected with that hour of mentor time to Evan mm -hmm. and the men that I surround myself in my life, and, and we just talk through the week so they can call me out. They have the just my full blessing just to just to beat on me um, is is to catch things like that because we don't always see them. Right? We can have the best intentions and we can still fall prey to old habits or or the devil can get in our ear, right? And we can get distracted. I had a gentleman that was probably 30 years my elder and very, very wise when it came to business, retired, wealthy, right? And he asked, you know, when you get into ministry, since I've been in ministry for a little bit, he's like, mm -hmm. how do you not get caught up in doing so many things? Because the church keeps asking me to do all these things and I can do them all well. Mm -hmm. right? And that was really interesting to me. I mean, a guy coming from business, the business principle is, okay, if I invest an hour, I don't care how old he is, we still have... He, myself, you, we all have the same time in a day, right? Yep. Where am I investing that I get the most return in that hour? And then what do I need to say no to? The other thing that was immediate to me is, you know, we try to do all this stuff and we're robbing people of a blessing, especially in ministry. But a lot of times in work, maybe we need to open up a job position, but we're trying to do things that we do good, that other people can do good. And we mm -hmm. can be doing great things and we need to fill that position with somebody else. And to give them opportunity to feed their families, to grow underneath our leadership uh, in the church. We need to quit filling so many service positions and we need to take our talents to recruit people, to place them there. Mm -hmm. so they can see what it's like to serve like Jesus did. Yeah. You can get caught up in doing those kind of things as well. <laughs> 
Well, I love how you're talking about having that mentor, having that person that's willing to speak into your life. Uh, the audience, if they don't know Kellen, Kellen is a big, formidable person. To, so so for him to say, hey, go ahead and just rake me over the coals and tell me how it is. I got to think in some capacities, a little bit intimidating. I'm not going to lie. But uh, when it ultimately comes down to it, you need to have those kinds of relationships. And I think that goes back to where you're talking about taking that me time. And, and, and some of that me time may be the importance of having good, strong relationships, having those uh, those friends, those brothers that can stand next to you, that can help you along the journey, along the path. Because if you don't have those kinds of relationships, you only see one uh, you only see so much of the picture. You don't see the whole picture. You don't see what's to your left and to your right and what's behind you. You can only see what's in front of you. And sometimes having those other relationships and those other people allow you to get a much better much better view of actually what's happening or, uh, or maybe some of the areas in your life that you need to work on that you don't even know are there uh, because that's what's going to really help uh, help you get to the point where you're not fighting against yourself. And I know that you're definitely involved in something along those lines. Can you talk a little bit about that? We talked about a little bit in the ap- actual intro, but I think now's a good time to really talk about the role that Band of Brothers uh, plays in everything that you're doing, because I think that relationship side is something that's really foreign to most guys. Yeah, yeah. So Band of Brothers, uh, we have a couple hundred men that meet spring and fall. Love it, uh, Evan, because you said to see God move. We started mm-hmm. this ministry. And guys, hear me. We started this ministry with 12 men uh, because nobody was serving at the church. We mm-hmm. wanted guys to go deeper into the word and to understand that that's what Jesus did and, and show up every Sunday. Right. God blew the doors off. And in six months, we had 180 guys come to this thing. Not wow. what we intended. Broken, needing brotherhood. And so. Our mission, when we say, why are we here, is so others may live. That's the SOML Inc., right? Mm-hmm. Great commission. In order to have the strength in Christ and, and the, the mental clarity to speak into somebody else's life, to see when there's pain and listen to them and put the feet towards the cross, we've got we've to gotta be ingrained with our brothers. We've got to have healthy relationships in our lives and people that want that for us. And so we're about brotherhood, accountability, and discipleship. Mm-hmm. So, foremost, the brotherhood. Can you imagine what it looks like to see 200 guys over 200 pounds light up when they see one another, like almost Mm -hmm. do the hug thing and then go out and serve together? It's powerful, but don't miss this. The brotherhoods, we all come together with Christ as our focus. We all want the best for each other. So when I ask you how your week was and what your time with your wife looked like, you already know that I'm going to slap you upside the head when you tell me you neglected her, right? Man, I got caught up in work. That's not what we're about. That's not what Christ is about. And we all know that because that's where we start. Uh, And that's the accountability piece is we don't answer questions for one another, but we care enough to ask good questions. Um, And so when I ask you a question, you tell me this is what you want in your life. I'm simply going to follow up to make sure you did it. Mm -hmm. You need that because that's new habits. New habits take what, three weeks to develop? Yeah. Well, in some cases more than that. (laughs) And in some cases, what a lot of people, they get – Man, they get sidelined or they get really, really uh, beat down because they just can't accomplish this thing and they don't ever look up. And this is what I got from one of my mentors. I was trying to break a bad habit. I, was, I used to cuss a lot. Worked yeah. for about five years. And he, I can't remember what he called me. Something like youngin, right? It's <laughs> way older than you are. I said, yeah. how long have you been doing that? And how, how long have you tried to quit? Right? And, and, but you, you're seeing progress. Quit beating yourself up so hard and just do the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. And that was really powerful as well as a lot of times as men, it's so easy to, to put ourselves down when we fail a little bit and we never take the time to reflect on how long we lived in that, that negative habit. Uh, and the last part of the discipleship is, is holding on to those guys that have failed. You know, they, they failed and they, their walk is in line with Christ and they can give us some wisdom when it comes to what the right direction looks like. They can mm-hmm. ask us those right questions. Uh, more importantly, we can look at their walk and understand what ours should look like. We see the gap between the, the length of time they walk with Christ and us, and we want a little bit of that. They're a good model for that. Yeah, essentially what you're talking is about like seeing those people that are they're walking out the life that you're trying to aspire to, and really what they're doing is walking out a life that maybe some they saw somebody else and ultimately Christ did. And I think that seeing that example as a daily example, as a weekly example, uh, that's really what's going to help you along the way. I think it was Jim Rohn that said is you're the average of the five people that you hang around. And if all five of, of those people that you're hanging around are striving for uh, a better um, better priorities in life, being more in tune with their values and looking at creating those new habits, looking at um, – pushing themselves outside their comfort zone, then you're going to do the same thing because you're going to see the success that they have and say, I want that. And it's going to challenge you to take your leadership, your family, your walk to that next level. Yeah, because you can see it. I mean, we can't lie to ourselves. We're visual, right? Um, what else is really hard to deny is is we submit to numbers. You put yourself around, they talk about five people. You just put yourself around five negative people doing the wrong thing. You may not be as bad as them, but you're going to pat yourself on the head, the back for being a little bit better, right? But you're right. Still bad habits. Um, so essentially what it looks like, man, is you, you're around 200 guys with their feet pointed in the right direction. You don't have much choice. And you really do work to close that gap. Like you and I talked about earlier, we are achievers. Might as well take advantage of it. One of the things that uh, we haven't talked about yet, but I think ties really perfectly into this conversation, is there's that pain of – uh, change. There's that pain of um, learning those new things, getting outside of that comfort zone and challenging yourself. And so those are temporary pains. These, those are things that can be overcome because as you start to do those things, it starts to get a little easier and you start to see that progress. But there's another pain on the other side and it's a permanent pain. And that's the pain of regret. And I think that as uh, a you know, as a leader that's uh, doing discipleship and doing some of these those other things, there is, in some cases, people that can talk about the regret that they have. There are certain things, whether it be not being there for their kids or not taking that, uh, not taking that that leap into this or or taking that risk or whatever else. And that 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 regret is permanent because uh, the time is gone. Uh, and I think the sooner that you figure out what your values and your priorities are you're going to limit the amount of potential regret that you have because time then becomes on your side. It's not too late. Uh, it's, it's not too late to start doing this. And, and so there is going to be some of those challenges. Of some stuff may be gone now, but so much more can be gone later if, if you don't act now, if you don't do something about it, if you don't seek out those things that uh, are valuable to you to take that inventory of the things that are important to you because the other side of it is, and you may not have experienced it yet, but there is regret on that other side. And that's the most uh, permanent pain that you can, uh, that you can achieve. Yeah. We can't live in the past, uh, Evan, as, as I've seen, but we can definitely reflect on it. Mm-hmm. What I will tell you is up to that, that point where I really had that breakdown 
I had over a hundred men and that's what they would say. I would bring up the fact that I just had a, a kid and there'd be two looks in their eyes. One would be just, just lit up, you know, like, uh, when somebody's super passionate about something, you know, they almost have a glow to them. Yeah. They recap. They told me to go ahead and get home. Cause I'll never get that time back. It's the best time in the world. The other half was the exact same statement with a hollowness in their eyes. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it was just scary to see men. You could just see they weren't there. Right. They were working and they, then you stare at them for a second. They share that story. Right. Um, what we need to realize is you said you can't go back for anybody on this podcast that's missed out on something. I'd say you can't live in the past. God doesn't call us to do that. You can definitely reflect. Uh, we all need to stop and write down our values right now and get that point straight. And we need to understand that it it's so important to do that and to create margin, say no to good things and create that margin so that we can let God live out you know, those regrets for us, meaning that we can let them go by serving other people. Every man that looked in my eyes and told me where to be and why that was walking with Christ at that time and what they found and shared that story mm-hmm. and had a level of wisdom to them to where I listened, helped change my life, right? Every one of those conversations was, was a, a sink in that, that thread to get me to make that decision to reflect. Stop, as some, you said it earlier, some of the ADD is stop and reflect and go, what's wrong? Yeah. And I didn't do it perfect. Like I said, I started listing out things and went through this whole process. What, what happened was I listed out values, but it took a while. So let's talk specifically to the audience. The audience is hearing what we're talking about today. They're connecting uh, with the things that we're, 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 we're talking about here and they're saying, okay, what are my next steps? I know you're talking about writing down your values. Can you talk a little bit about that process, what that looks like? Like what are, what are the key things that they should do as soon as they finish listen, listening to this podcast if they're interested in really defining their values? Right. Well, you can go through the, the long process like I did and start writing down everything you're responsible for and see that you put too much on your plate. That was really, really healthy. So you're not just listening to somebody. You're going, OK, I do have a, a lot there. Uh, then what I do is you need to determine what your values are. If you're a Christ follower, he needs to be first, period. Uh, second, as a word of advice, I'd say that if you don't have any gas in the tank at some point, you're useless to everybody. So you need to figure out what rest is and what taking care of yourself looks like. Uh, and then God, God calls us and the, the church calls us. They'll get behind us on honoring our spouse. You can't have man, a, a blessed marriage and, and kids that see the right example and know what example to follow. If they're not seeing a healthy marriage, what's it look like to spend time there uh, taking care of your kids. And then um, what was fun for me working all the other stuff will follow. What was really cool is when I implemented saying no to good things and yes to great things, like I started dreaming with my wife of what are some long-term goals, what are some vacations you would like to take? And we started scheduling those things out and we attained them. Mm-hmm. Now we had to list out how to get there. And those were all set on our values too. Adventure and travel was on mine, Evan. Yeah. I wasn't doing them. <laughs> but I, I took the time to sit there, there and do it. Now, three things that helped me implement this, we already went over it was, I threw away my schedule for work and I started making a schedule for life. Second, mm-hmm. this was really powerful. And this goes around the sleep pattern too. When I needed more sleep, I had to start cutting some things out. I created artificial deadlines because as I reflected um, and big projects changed or they were more than I thought they were, right? What does that push into, right? If you've got a, a real hard five o'clock deadline the day before for a pitch on Friday and that deadline's not met, where are you sitting at your office? work until that thing's done. What did you just take time away from? Everything you said was important. 
So mm-hmm. official deadlines really, really help me with that. If I would have something that's due on Thursday, I want to do Tuesday. That way changes. Or um, if I did bite off more than I thought it was, I've got plenty of margin to schedule those within my work time. That really, really helped. And then learning to say no, right? A lot of us need to create that to don't list where we listed out everything and figured out I'm going to say no to all this. And there's a million like cool catchphrases around no. The best one comes from a mentor of mine when I asked him about this. I said, man, I've sit in a room with, and there can be six guys and three of them don't know how to say no to things. He said, they just need to get through their head that no is a complete sentence. <laughs> when somebody asks you something as a man and you tell them no, you put a period at the end. They don't need your explanation. They don't need to know where you're going or the why behind it. And you respect you and no is a complete sentence. N-O period. I like it. <laughs> you don't owe an explanation to anybody. And that's hard too, especially being like an ADD person or being a, 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 an entrepreneurial minded person. And that, that kind of goes back to what John was talking about last week is he had, he had so many businesses going on because he realized he could make money doing so many things. And so he was, he was going everywhere. He was doing everything. And for him, it, it came to the point where that stuff started to get in the way. But I think we can catch it sooner than that. We can look at it and say, you know, what are the things that are worth my time that, and, and what is my time worth to me? And if the family and the self uh, and, and all those other things are higher on that list, it's easier for you to say no to those things because you know what your priorities are. Well, that's something somebody asked me. They're like, well, when something great or good comes up, how do you know it's not great? And that's exactly what I said. I said, make that tangible, make that value list tangible. And whatever they gave you, say, hold on and go back to that list and see where it ranks, see what your schedule looks like and say yes or no. Mm -hmm. It's uncomplicated. Well, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. This is, you know, you know who they are. Uh, you know what we're trying to accomplish here with the podcast. But we've talked about a lot of different topics, and I think some of this may be the same. But I really want to give you the floor uh, and a chance to speak directly to those that are tuning into the podcast that may be like you or maybe in an earlier phase of life that are that are facing burnout and they're struggling with, with all these uh, challenges that they have and really trying to reprioritize. What would your message be to young business leaders? Well, along those lines, Evans, my, my message would be get a relationship with God and, mm-hmm. check, and, and stop and check your real relationship with God. Um, I was somebody that a lot of people, I was running a ministry when this happened, right? Everybody looked at me and my relationship with God consisted of, and I said on the front row, so that made me pat myself on the back twice. <laughs> and then fat, basically fast forwarding through my Bible app, right? That yeah. was my relationship my prayer time, my quiet time. God wasn't my center and he has to be. That's my message is God's not just one. He's the center of everything that we do. And you mentioned this earlier. I know you deal with it. And I think it's a beautiful thing because it's a great thing to talk about. I accomplished too many things because Kellen accomplished them. God didn't set that path. He's at the center and, and we don't get it perfect. And that's fine. We're not called to be perfect. We're called to have these conversations. We're called to encourage others and we're called to serve. Right. But he needs to be at our center. And you mentioned those guys that we do look up to because, you know, you see, and I've seen a couple of them. You can tell this dude probably could have taken five guys outside and whoop them. That kind of a yeah. He's accomplished and ran four different businesses and now he's retired. But somehow this rough and tough guy can look at you and talk to you in a kinder, humbler voice than anybody you've ever heard. I've, have you ever run into a couple of those guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they, it, it's almost like they, 
when you have that conversation, you know what they're capable of, and you're just shocked about the amount of restraint that they have. They've had more conversations with Christ. Mm-hmm. God, God's at the center at that point. They don't, they don't try to make some kind of margin to put him first. They do spend quality time with him. They get away and he is there first, but he's also at the center of every decision they make. Right. And so for everybody, I wouldn't say to dare beat yourself up on it. Right. But realize where you're at and change it. And it starts, mm-hmm. it start that life plan starts around protecting that time to man, get quiet with God. That's what I, I'm horrible at. You want to talk about turning off silence in my head. It was really hard. And I told God it was really hard. And guess what? It went away. It finally, mm-hmm. it took like six months, but it finally went away. And the cool thing was, it wasn't me. It's not how I'm built. It took that long, but he took it away because I kept griping about it. Right. I wanted some real clarity. To, and I don't, I'm not artistic. I don't look around and go, oh, that's pretty. I started to, I started to recognize the sunrise on the way home to, from the gym and really appreciate it. And the air was fresh, just stuff that he created that's so much bigger than me. I got some quiet time, time in the word, you know, to see each and every time what it tells you. And then some time to study the word in real time in prayer over stuff that's important. I want to share this too. For a guy that's prayed in front of a couple thousand men at one time at a, at a big convention and had no problem with it. I had the hardest time praying with my wife when stuff got real. Mm-hmm. At the- night when people were battling cancer stuff was going on and everything else i patted my wife on the back and we went to sleep and that's that's not two becoming one that's not strength and unity uh and i fought it the devil beat me up for about a month and this is one of the most powerful things that god's done in my life is for somebody that at times thinks he can speak well and and has had a an extended prayer life in front of others um, i was getting beat up and i just grabbed my wife's hand knew what i needed to do and i said our father who aren't in heaven. I said that for a week. I said the Lord's prayer for a week. And then I just unleashed. I kicked the devil in the teeth. We prayed mm. for the person in our life that that lost their job, people that were battling cancer, um, people that, that were battling depression. We prayed for my wife and some clarity at that point for her and a job. I mean, we got after it, um, but it was only after I really listened and I humbled myself and, and started with the basics. So I'm kind of calling out every guy that that if you are married or in a relationship, you guys need to be praying together. Kellen, I appreciate you taking the time to 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 share your your heart with our audience and uh, especially all the things that you do to kind of give back uh, to the men in our community and 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 beyond. I think that that's definitely something that uh, we need to have more people out there doing, and and you're being out there and being a leader with that. Uh, tell everybody a little bit. How do they connect with Band of Brothers? How do they they kind of find some of the, some of the things that you've talked about in their community. What's, what's the, what's the websites to go to? What's the social media stuff for them to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. So Bob, B-O-B Tulsa.org mm-hmm. is our website. You can go there and find a ton of resources. I'd also say, man, there's some really powerful uh, organizations. There's the journey group, uh, mm-hmm. and some awesome men's group through your church. All right. Cause we are called to, to serve the church as well. We are the church, but there's, there's some, some ways we should be serving at church and some groups we should be involved in there. Uh, so I'd encourage you to, to link up uh, with your home church. But yeah, if you want a, a rough around the edges, bring it, bring it in uh, men's group, go to bobtulsa.org. <laughs> awesome. Kellen, well, thank you again. Uh, I'll put those links in the uh, show notes so people can tune in. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or 
email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.